Welcome to the Numb Bills Fan Podcast for October 8th, 2015. It's just me, Dave, again, flying solo here. We got the Titans and the Bills. The Bills are in Tennessee, in Nashville, the city where last time we were in the playoffs, the Bills were there in Tennessee. There was a horrible day. No clue why Flutie didn't start. Needless to say, Rob Johnson came in because, you know, he was playing the garbage game after Flutie took him to a 10-5 and record. And, well, Rolf Wilson decided, I want to play Rob Johnson. And Flutie, honestly, even after that year, would have played perfectly fine the next year on the Bills and had a better record than Rob Johnson the following year as well. More of a winning record, not as many games. But we could go over that as much as you want. And since I'm here by myself and you're not calling in, I guess I'm making the decision I'm done with that Music City garbage here. So up next, we have the Bills, Titans, and for 2015. And the last time the Bills played the Titans, I believe, was in Buffalo. I should fact check. And I remember Chris Kelsey getting blocked out and Chris Johnson ripping off like an 80-yard run. He just went in inside the tackle and just busted out. I'm so glad they signed Kelsey to that extension. Anywho, the Bills had a chance to win that game, and then Fitzpatrick threw an interception. But really, I think George Wilson should have got his hands on a ball a couple of times for an interception in the fourth quarter, and that didn't happen. Then you give the ball back to Fitz with a minute to go, minute 30 to go. He's not your quarterback to do that. That's not what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do because he does not throw the sidelines very well and, you know, smart football player, but we watch Ryan play. We love him, but he's not Brady in that situation, and frankly, that's a hard situation to bring your team back. So the Bills are at it again. Totally different team. A few guys still straggling on the roster from back then. Mariota's look good so far. Pretty consistent. I mean, he's putting up some eye-popping numbers off the bat, you know, shocking a lot of people because all the hype was around Winston as the number one pick. Um, We'll say, though, as far as the Bills injury report, I would like to get that out of the way so we know what we're talking about. Carlos Williams is most likely not going to be available. He isn't practiced. Booby Dixon will be the number one back. Aaron Williams should be back. Rambo hasn't practiced. Rex loves Aaron Williams, says he's a top safety in the league. Sammy Watkins doing more practice. Small chance he could play. I hope he's out there. Even if he's hobbling around and it's a soft tissue injury like everybody's talking, you want to let it rest. Even if he's hopping around, I want him out there because clearly last game against the Giants proved that, yeah, they roll coverage to his side. And, you know, if you respect old Al Beckham Jr., you got Gilmore going off saying, who's, by the way, a quiet guy, saying, yeah, not for nothing. Uh, I cover Sammy Watkins every day in practice, and, and he's got a lot more to offer than old Al Beckham. I bleach my hair into a dumbass mohawk, and I'm whatever face of the NFL as a receiver after that little crappy game finding out he's throwing punches it, it just pissed me off even more 
Uh, I'm sure you guys heard the report, but, you know, Watkins could be back. That could be kind of cool. We're still not sure about what's up with Marquise Goodwin. I don't think he's coming back this week. I think they would have been, maybe they have a trick up their sleeve. No clue. But hopefully next week and Miller, the right guard, has been splitting reps with Urbic in practice. So it looks like he's a go. So that's pretty good news. Uh, Obviously, McCoy is still out. I hope offensively this team adjusts a lot quicker if there's any problems. Uh, So far, I have not been impressed with Booby Dixon, quite frankly. Um, He he picked up a few blitzes last week when he was in. I, I like that. Nice pass protection. At the same time, when he gets the ball, he really hasn't done much with it this year. Now, I have faith in him, but I think the offensive line is not as good as they thought it would be by now. And it's not as as good as maybe some of us have thought. There's been a lot of people 50-50 on the offensive line going into the year. A lot of people are thinking, no way this is going to turn around. You're you're out of your mind. It's too quick. Um, I, I just hope that these guys can make plays with, with what they're given and and to just take what Tennessee gives you. I mean, they have a stout defense. Don't let them fool you. Don't let them fool you. Greg Roman calls the Titans defense very good. He says, you know, obviously Ray Horton and Dick LeBeau, you, you got to respect those guys. And then John Murphy chimed in with a question at the Roman press conference saying, hey, does it look like the Steelers' defense that Dick LeBeau ran? And Roman replied, yeah, it really does. And they got some athletes on that side of the ball. Don't don't let them fool you. So Roman also said that Boom Heron, the guy that they signed who used to play with the, uh, the running back that they used to play with the Indianapolis Colts, the Bills brought him and Trent Richardson in this week. And I believe another guy. Uh, that wasn't reported because it said a few guys were there trying out for the Bills this week. But Heron actually has ties playing with the coach of uh, the Colts over there offensively. And Greg Roman used to coach with them. Therefore, there should be some terminology that is very, very similar. So if you pick things up quick you're a smart player like Boom Heron is, Roman says there could be some packages for him in a game plan, which is pretty cool. Because that guy, they say he can do a lot of things. You get the ball in his hands. I mean, you could watch him in the playoffs. He had a pretty good game against Cincinnati last year. I really feel it comes down to how fast this team can adjust. If the team can correct their mistakes of the penalties and correct and make adjustments fast, not be shy. Example, last week they were way too quick to not abandon the run. They kept running the ball, and it just seemed like it was going nowhere. Every gap was filled. And we talked last podcast, could that be because McCoy's not there? Because you know Carlos Williams is a one-cut runner. And with McCoy, you got to set the edge more. So they clogged all the gaps. But there's also 
when you hear people who know what the hell they're talking about, there was a few missed opportunities too from the offensive line. I mean, there's vines out there. There's vines on Twitter of all sorts of great people just showing certain plays. You got Joe Bascalia out there in Buffalo. He used to be part of WGR, I believe it was with Channel 7, Channel 4, something out there. Just follow Joe B, Joe Bascalia. He'll post a vine. He'll give, give out his grades. You also have Jeremy White at WGR posting up some vines of plays he sees from the All-22. And honestly, it's cool watching everything break down. Problem is, you see everything break down and you wonder why they don't check out of it. You wonder why, like last week was the first game with the Giants. Where I'm like, why are, why are you playing predictable football, Greg Roman? But in the second half... It looked like a different offense to me. I mean, you had two touchdowns called back over phantom calls, a phantom block, and a phantom chop block. So, you know, if you include those plays, which the scoreboard doesn't, the offense really turned it up in the second half, and that's what we're used to. I'm still very comfortable with Tyrod Taylor. He just needs to make sure that he can see the entire field. There were some opportunities where, Last week, he was going for the big play when you have Hogan right below the sticks where he could have got yards after catch. He had that much room to get the first down. You had last week Robert Woods. Roman said about Robert Woods, by the way. You know, there's situations where we need to fight for inches. And we told Robert, you know, when he had the fumble, that really isn't the spot where you need to fight for inches. Get the ball, get the first. If you can get out in that situation, get out, go down, do whatever you got to do. I'm sure us Bills fans think, yeah, that whistle should have been blown on Robert Woods' fumble last week. So, Greg Roman, you know, sum up what he said about his offense as well. A couple less thoughts. He said Tyrod cleaned up well in the second half of the Giants game. And also, you know, he was asking about Robert Woods, quote-unquote. Robert Woods is a very talented receiver, runs great routes understands coverage, gets open. He can be on the inside. He can be on the outside. And he is a ferocious blocker. And if you watch this team, Percy Harvin, Chris Hogan, Sammy Watkins, you know, Robert Woods, these guys, they had some pretty impressive blocks, especially, you know, you see from Hogan too on that Carlos Williams run against the Dolphins, you know, Percy Harvin had a great block on that as well. It's cool watching this team go because I remember Chan Gailey put a big emphasis on the 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 run blocking for receivers. In fact, he actually sat Stevie out or brought him to the side back in the day and was like, "Yo, you got to get it out there and block, son. You're this ain't a playoff, no. And if you're not blocking, you're supposed to run your route, run it so you sell the play. So it's kind of nice to see that these guys had similar fundamentals and. Hopefully everything works out. Hopefully everybody makes adjustments quick. That's all That's all we should care about. If it's not working, don't be slamming that square peg in the round hole. Let's pick up yards, do whatever we got to do. Let's get creative. Let's see some screen passes. But maybe that is Greg Roman's deal is every game kind of looks a little bit different offensively, I feel. You know, McCoy didn't do much the first game. Second game, he did a lot. Actually, against the Patriots. Third game, he didn't really have any luck, and Carlos Williams lit up for over 100 yards. But with Carlos out, 
and you got this Heron kid in there along with Booby Dixon and Sierra Wood, I don't know what's going to show up. But if they're thinking about packages with Heron, I'm thinking we're looking at getting this kid the ball in some space. Maybe an emergency throw to the flat, whatever it takes, you know, a little check down for this kid to be open, maybe even some design screens, follow the blocks, do whatever you got to do. I mean, he knows the terminology very similar to what he had in Indianapolis, and Roman called him a very smart player and said himself that they will include him in some packages. So, you know, I'm not a Nostradamus. I'm pretty much puppeting to you what I have found out myself. And as far as the defense is concerned, Thurman, our defensive coordinator, said, you know, Mariota's off to a good start. They're going to want to run the ball, and they're keeping things very simple for Mariota. And he was asked, you know, if the ball keeps coming out in under two seconds like the Giants and the Patriots have done, which, oh, by the way, Eli Manning got the ball out quicker than Tom Brady. Believe that. They got to do a better job on underneath coverage. That's what Dennis said. They got to do a better job on underneath coverage because, again, you have a billion-dollar front line, and they're not getting to the quarterback. I mean, I don't care if there's no offensive lineman back there in the way. I mean, are they if he's in shotgun and he gets the ball in a minute seven, he might, or a second, you know, 1.7 seconds. I mean, what do you do? The only thing you can do is 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 clog the lanes or throwing it, get better on your coverage like they said. The advantage is if they want to play that hurry-up game, this isn't at Rolf Wilson Stadium. Mariota ran a hurry-up with Oregon. He can do it. He can do it. They might want to do it because coaches copy each other. When people have been going up-tempo against the Bills' defense, they cannot get their substitutions in. They have a very hard time getting the calls in, the communication. Guess what? Tennessee is on offense in their own home stadium. There's no Bills crowd there. That's going to be nearly as loud if there is. as home. They're going to be able to communicate just fine. I think this defense is going to step up real big. And, I mean, you, you got guys on that team like, like Darby that, I mean, for a rookie, this kid is just playing out of his mind. And according to Pro Football Focus, he is the second best coverage. He gets the second best coverage grade for all the cornerbacks in the league. He's allowing a QB rating of 31.2 on throws in his direction. That is insane. That is insane. At the same time, Mariota, he's had two pretty good games and a poor game. But, I mean, he's got 110 passer rating and 833 yards and eight touchdowns with just two interceptions. That's pretty damn impressive. That said, Rex is going to throw things at this kid that he has never seen in his life. And Rex's track record against rookie quarterbacks is pretty damn good. little Google search if you want to go in depth on that. I think what needs to happen is the Bills need to dare Marcus Mariota to throw deep. He's not that good with that yet. He's good with the easy dink and dunk stuff. He's His tight ends are very, very popular. 
They're very. You got a couple guys in their team that are, are very. You know, they've kept five tight ends. They have Anthony Fasano and Delaney Walker, and uh, I mean, twenty-four catches just from their tight ends this year. That's not bad. Delaney Walker has ten catches. Fasano has seven. And the tight ends account for 43% of the Titans' receptions. So, it's kind of crazy. I want to see if this pass rush cannot get to Mariota. I have a very, very good feeling that the Bills are going to force them to go deep. And that's when things are going to get just ugly. Because like Rex Ryan says, you can get rid of that ball as fast as you want. Where are you going with it? You're limiting the routes that you can throw if you're getting it out that quick. Because, I mean, any stupid idiot like me who plays Madden knows what I'm talking about. You have plays that are three-step drops, five-step drops, seven-step drops. And so you learn the game of football. They don't let you throw it until the drops are completed. So your little quick slants, well, it is what it is. Think, for you Bills fans, think Fitzpatrick. Think what the Giants did. Think what Brady has been doing. Ball out quick. Ball out quick. Ball out quick. Well, if you have a route that has a double move, how's that going to develop if you already want the ball out? So the way I look at it is put everybody down. Put everybody down the line. Let them throw it deep. Let them try to. Because, I mean, at this point, Stephon Gilmer and Ronald Darby, they are just tearing it up. Look what they held Odell Beckham to. Five receptions for 38 yards. The stat line of that defense was really not that bad. They're not going to have the flashy stats this year. But challenge Mariota to go deep. And if he wants to hold on to that ball, okay, good luck with that. Because if they know he's going to hold on to the ball and the defense adjusts to that, watch out for a little Roby coming in on the blitz. Watch out for some some exotic stuff. Now, the Bills have been only keeping one safety over top, it looks like, a lot of their formations, at least in the stadium from what I can see. I have not peeped much all 22 this year, except for the Vines people are posting up. And they like to keep a safety down in the box, which, which I'm perfectly fine with because, again, if these guys want to follow the blueprint – Get rid of the ball quick. That's fine. And with Gilmore, Darby, Roby, Roby can cover. He's no one to sleep on. In fact, on a side note, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with McAlvin when he comes back. He'll probably come in for for some spot duty. I don't want any of those three guys, those top three corners coming off the field. They're too good. They're way too good. Challenge these guys. Get them to throw deep. See what the hell happens. The run game, I think, will be their best friend. I, I The Bills have not impressed me this year in their run game. The, the, the front four is not – it could use some, some polishing up in the run-stopping area. We've all seen that. And even though the stats – like I just complimented the stats that they had a good game. You know the stats support that, that they didn't have that bad of a game. I just feel like it could be better, especially in the beginning of that Giants game. It just felt like – Wow, you guys are really penetrating here. So, you got to stop these running backs. And in fact, I think 
Mariota, if he wants to hold on to the ball, he's going to get absolutely crushed. So I'm curious to see what happens. I'm not a fan of Wisenhunt. I think he's a bum. I mean, he did find his quarterback so far, but he's been nothing without a quarterback, and it's kind of like the classic tale of a head coach. Well, they're nothing without a quarterback. He's pretty damn bad without a quarterback. He is pretty damn bad. Mariota had a little bit of a a rough game, I should say a little bit. He had a pretty rough game against the Browns. He fumbled it three times, losing two of them. And was sacked seven times against the Browns. But what did the Browns run? You got Mike Patton. You're running that exotic defense similar to what the Bills have. You know, they also have a rookie right tackle. Jeremiah Poutasi. Poutasi. P-O-U-T-A-S-I. So I'll let you figure it out. Because I don't care. Because this is the only time I'm saying it. I'm not trying it again. It's all up to you. They say, the scouting report, he's been slow off the snap and shows a tendency to get overpowered in pass protection. How's he going to fare against Mario Williams? Exactly. So, if they hold on to that ball, Mariota's going down. If the Bills can stop the run, mark my words, if the Bills can stop the run, force these guys to throw it deeper than normal. What I mean by normal is if they have good underneath coverage, like AKA very, very good short routes, drag routes, if they can cover very well and they force them to throw it up, what are the odds of Mariota, who's not that great at throwing it deep, completing these passes? I mean, at least this year, he's not shown that he can really do it that great. Look at the stats, all right? So you got nice sites like Football Outsiders, all these analytics sites. And they'll even show you like a little graph that has like the dots where the balls have landed and not and completed. And it's kind of cute. Look it up. There's so many people on Twitter that they have all these stats at hand. Again, I'm not bright. I just puppet what I see for my own opinion, connect some dots. That's why we're here. That I think is the key. Pretty much it's that simple. If you stop the run, yes, fundamental football. You have a rookie quarterback, though. If you stop the run, you force this guy into third and long situations, I feel like the Bills are going to get a lot of three and outs. we got to have a creative offense. If the run is not working, Greg Roman, please, can we move on from it? That's all I'm hoping. I would love to establish the run. It's great. At the same time, if that's not working, why don't we use a pass to open up the run? I think the Bills have a great, 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 great chance if they go deep. According to football outsiders, while having the best ranking against short passes the Titans, they are dead last against long passes. So, you have a few new guys on the roster, all right? Let's go into that. Jordan Gay has been waived, and Billy Cundiff has been signed, and Marcus Thigpen, Denarius Moore, 
has been his replacement. Thigpen was cut. And Rex Ryan mentioned Thigpen. Actually, I should say Denarius Moore. To add a little spark to the punt return. Now, one thing that kind of I, I questioned about the Giants game was. It seemed like Thigpen kept on doing fair catches inside the 10 or around the 10-yard line. And it's almost like at that point, I would rather see the ball. Look, if you're starting inside your five, that that really sucks. At the same time, I'd rather almost take the gamble of it going out of bounds. I know the Bills, it seems like we don't get those bounces all the time, but you never know. All right? No team ever knows when you're going to get the bounce. But I would rather start the ball from the 20. Let's start the ball from the 10 or the 5 or the 3. And I understand starting at the 10 is better than starting at the 3, but is it really that much of a difference? Yeah, it is. But I feel maybe maybe they cut Thigpen. That just, here's the conspiracy theory. Maybe they really cut Thigpen because of all those fair catches he had inside the 10. At the same time, if that's coached in them, that's coached in them. I don't know what they're telling them to do. But Sanjay Lau, the, the wide receivers coach, had this guy, Daenerys Moore, when he was the head when he was the wide receivers coach there in Oakland. So he's been in the league for about four years four years. And Rex Ryan said, you know, he came off to a good start, his rookie season. And he just kind of fell off. He was in camp with Cincinnati and then he just kept going down so I, I'm I'm when I when I noticed that they signed Denarius Moore I was actually shocked that he was still available because I would have rather seen him on the roster earlier than than just now he's an L Davis guy very very fast guy a 4-3 guy and in his first three seasons he had 130 receptions for 2,054 yards and 17 touchdowns. 17 touchdowns. So, Marquise Goodwin is out. Sammy Watkins is kind of whatever right now. You know, he's in limbo. He's got his calf. I want to see this guy in the field this week. I want to see this guy in some packages. Throw him out there. Hey, go do your thing, that, that run fast. What do you call it? Go route. Whatever. Fly route. Do whatever you got to do, dude. The, the one where you go like, you know, 40 yards really fast. Go do that. Yeah, that one. Uh-huh. We'll let you know. And I'm sure they're going to expect it. I'm sure the Titans are going to expect, uh-oh, that guy's on the field. And you know what? Keep sending him on the go route. You want to talk about opening up the run game? Send him on the damn go route. I don't care if you throw a ball to him. and ain't even near him. As long as they know that you're going to toss it up there. You're going to open everything up. So the keys to this damn game, be versatile. Quick adjustments. Don't sit there with your hands under your ass hoping things are going to change this time. No. Let's do what you did the first three games. Let's get this offense rolling. Let's be unpredictable. Let's use what we got. I really think that this Heron kid off of Indianapolis, a lot of people... And a lot of Colts fans, when you read comments and around places, that they really wanted this kid to stay on the Colts. And I guess he got hurt in, like, the last preseason game of the year. 
And people were like, why is this guy returning kicks on special teams? He's too good for that. So, who knows? I I, I feel with Heron and Daenerys Moore, I feel like they're actually going to be used this game. And they're pretty athletic guys. It should be interesting. And Moore is only 26 years old. I mean, they say he's got a 4-4-5 speed. I don't know why I'm thinking 4-3. But I've heard 4-3. And I want to go with the L. Davis number 4-3 because he was a fifth-round pick of the Oakland Raiders. And if you know L. Davis, to people who don't know L. Davis, a former owner of the Raiders, Everybody on his team was go deep, and we want him fast. And I kind of liked what Whaley's been bringing in. Whaley is not sitting around. I mean, think about all the other times. Like, man, wish these guys would bring some people in. Wish these guys would bring some people in. Man, there's always a transaction happening at one Bills drive. It's great. So thank you, Doug Whaley, for not sitting around their thumb in your ass and actually bringing people in. That said, I was a little shocked that they got rid of Marcus Thigpen. I I kind of like what he's been up to. At the same time, I'm not the coach. So there's got to be something other than what we're seeing that got him caught. So if you want to read some tea leaves, Rex mentioned Spark on the special teams as far as punt return. I think he's being a little bit... uh, a little bit coy about it. I, I really think they want him offensively to, to blow the lid off. That said, Thigpen was pretty fast too, and he doubled as a running back. So, But when you saw him at running back, he really didn't do anything even in the preseason. So I don't know. Maybe he wasn't that good. Either way, I really feel this game is winnable for the Bills. If they do not win this game, I am going to bury my head in the sand and just cry. They're, I'm going to be so pissed off. There probably won't be a podcast for like, I'm probably just going to quit doing the podcast and, and just be like, you know what? Nobody gives a shit what I say anyways. You know, like I, I'm done with this. I, I'm walking away from this team. This team has bills me. Who am I kidding? I'll never quit. I, I love being miserable. I love being miserable. And I love getting in arguments with my friends. Yeah, Jeff Knight, you out there, if you even made it this far. That's my friend Jeff Knight, powerful Jeff Knight, full circle attack records, putting out all the hardcore records, making no money, spending money. You know, he's doing it from the heart. He told me he shut me off after 20 minutes last podcast. That was two pro Rex. Listen, I love Rex. That's my boy. I want to be Rex Ryan's friend. I said it. Let's give this guy a chance. Let's see if he makes adjustments. Allegedly, we got these guys doing push-ups in practice. When you look at their penalties... They have a shitload of penalties. They lead the league. But a lot of these penalties are self-inflicted wounds here. I mean, so many dumb personal fouls and whatever the hell. And, and when you see Preston Brown out there getting getting in trouble because, you know, he retaliates to Beckham punching him in the head. Duke Williams didn't retaliate to it. Whatever it is, I, I think it's very, very easy fixes. If a lot of your penalties are, are personal fouls, I don't care if you got these guys carrying buckets of water around or being the water boy for practice or watching everybody else do push-ups. I think it will work, believe it or not. Rex is a little old school. Oh, we're going to do push-ups. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Last week it was 17 penalties. 17 penalties. At the same time, 
How many of those were bogus penalties? And how many of those were self-inflicted wounds? They went from five penalties in Miami to 17. This game, they cannot shoot themselves in the face. They, if they do that, the, control what you can control. And like I said last week, these personal foul penalties, no, they don't need to be fined. They don't need to do whatever. Yeah, oh, what about the kids? I don't care about the kids. Care about your team. That sets the example for the kids. Care about the people around you. Because I don't care if you do an individual sport like tennis or wrestling or riding motocross or NASCAR or whatever it is, you have a supporting cast around you. And when you get these dumbass, selfish penalties, Jerry Hughes, even though I love the guy, yeah, man love, baby. You know, like, it's still selfish to your team. You want to draw? Draw on your way to the tunnel or something. You know what I mean? Like, after you make a play, get up, walk away. That's it. Let's be mad about it. Let's let's really be focused. And the Bills in Miami, they were very, very focused. Yes, they played with the lead the whole time, but they were very, very focused. They weren't cheering, going nuts on the sideline, being asswipes. They weren't getting up in people's grill. They weren't kicking off people's helmets like Sue. You know, they held their composure, and I really feel if they do that, if they play smart, sound, football, very, 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 very good things can happen. And there's no reason it can't. Because Greg Roman, in the first three games, he showed he can make adjustments. Actually, I should say all four games. Because after halftime, they started finding clay. Okay, we have an A-plus. I firmly believe we have an A-plus coaching staff across the board. I've said it many times. I'll say it again in case this is your first time listening or in case you just need to be whacked over the head with it. you got Rex Ryan. Anybody will say that dude is on the cutting edge of defense. you got to say it. And he's done it in multiple ways. He's done it with the Ravens in a 4-3. He's done it with the Jets in a 3-4. He's just innovated. He works with what's around him. These coaches keep talking about, which you might have thought was coach speak, by the way. But to go to early examples, you watch Shane Gailey do the best he can offensively with what he had to work with. Then you watch Doug Marone drink for the Doug Marone drinking game. You watch Doug Marone just almost seem like he didn't even watch a film on what these guys did good. So you can say the coach speaker Rex Ryan, which is, and you should say Greg Roman and Dennis Thurman, the coordinators, yeah, we got to get these guys in the best position. We're going to tailor our, 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 our scheme to them, to who's in there. That's great. And they've shown it. They really have. Except for me, you know, us fans, we're not seeing the eye-popping numbers defensively. It's, it's a little bit discouraging. You know, you don't see the sacks. You don't see as many turnovers as you have the last two years. At the same time, Guys, it's a new coaching staff. Let, let's get it together. You know what I mean? It's a new system, unfortunately, for everybody. So you had Greg Roman three NFC Championship games in a row with two different quarterbacks and made a quarterback change midseason. Actually, I should say late season. Like, I mean, come on. You know, success with 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 the San Francisco 49ers, we, we all watch those offenses. Colin Kaepernick, and look at this kid in Tyrod Taylor doing very similar things, but even smarter. 
Like, way smarter. Light years smarter than Colin Kaepernick. He can handle it. He's got the work ethic. And, and yeah, he's, Tyrod's really dry at his press conferences and interviews, but I like that. He's not going to, he's going to stay very even keeled. He's going to look sharp. He's going to show up in his whatever nice outfit he's wearing. You know, keep it classy, keep it tight. I mean, I think he could use work on his haircut. His haircut's a little, you know, it looks like he hasn't gotten one in a few weeks, but maybe that's just, maybe he's going for something. I don't know. He hasn't told me. No word from Tyrod. I know you're listening. Let me know. Shoot me a tweet. At Bills fan. Word. So, you also have on the defense side of the ball, Rex's guy, Dennis Thurman. And on special teams, you have Danny Crossman, which I thought after his first year with Doug Marone, drink, he should have been fired. But the second year with Doug Marone, the special teams did really good. And allegedly... They had to get core special teams players, which I didn't understand because under Bruce DeHaven, the the special teams was fine. Okay, I thought it was fine. They did just fine with before Doug Marone shrink. So you also have an offensive assistant in Chris Palmer, who was the head coach of the Green Bay Packers for a little bit, and. and you got a guy that was a head coach of an NFL that's an offensive assistant. You know, that's pretty sweet. And as you can tell, look at Percy Harvin with the right wide receivers coach, Rex Broff from the Jets. That dude is supposed to be a gadget guy. Look, look how far he's come. I mean, and look at Donnie Henderson in the secondary as a secondary coach. These guys, I mean, Aaron Williams is, according to the best defensive mind in football, I think, the most cutting edge, Rex Ryan. One of the top safeties in the league. That's pretty cool. We have everything in place. Just wanted to reimply. Let's let them figure out the kinks. Hopefully they make their adjustments quicker. And I think Rex is in. We're all in for a surprise because we got these four guys on the defensive line that, quite frankly, the quarterback gets out of gets the ball out of their hands quick. It's really negating our awesome pass rush. It really is. But Rex said it best. The 2000 Ravens defense he was a part of only had 35 sacks. But, yeah, that's a good amount of sacks. When ain't the eye-popping, franchise-breaking record numbers that the Bills have had. Either way, I want this defense to be top five. Yes, should they be number one? On paper, you would think so. But we need the offense to not have as many three-and-outs this game. And, and and not sputter. Keep that defense off the field. Let them do let them get some rest. Let them do their deal. If Mariota has a big game, I will be really shocked. Really shocked. Again, the Bills need to stop the run, force Mariota to throw deep, and the Bills need to get their offense popping. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if Rex Ryan suits up. Figure it out. Get Billy the Buffalo on the fifty three man roster. Whatever it takes, make quick adjustments, and hopefully everything works out. I'm looking for better play out of the offensive line if we want to see the run game improve. After everything, I've rambled down here for 40 minutes. I'm done. That's all you're getting. Please check us out next week for post game, probably Sunday night. Hopefully right after. We'll get some immediate feedback. Check us out for post game in the evening. 
uh, you know, so Monday for work, maybe I'll have something sweet to listen to. And if they lose, I'm probably going to start screaming like last podcast. Right now, I'm pretty chill because I'm on to the Titans. All right. Please don't forget, follow us at NumBillsFan on Twitter. Follow us at NumBillsFan on YouTube, at NumBillsFan on Instagram, and NumBillsFan on Facebook. Please, tell your friends, check out our dumbass videos. We might have something coming this week. Logistically, not sure we're going to work out. We've been honestly brainstorming, and unless it's going to be really good, and we really believe in it. We're not just going to put up content just to put up content. I wanted to get up a game preview. To me, game previews, they're kind of dumb. You know, I mean, I get it. We can speculate all we want. But I'm sorry if this podcast is a little bit more boring than usual. It's just, I mean, what is it? We're reading stats. We're trying to figure out what's going to happen here. But hopefully the Bills correct their mistakes and we come out with the win. That's all that matters to me. Let's go Buffalo. Take care, guys. Peace.